Welcome back to another edition of the Andrew Steele Podcast. We're eight episodes in, which seems crazy. Uh, time is absolutely flying. Um, episodes are stacking up. And we've got two podcast episodes for you this week, which is what I wanted, which is great. Um, two brilliant ones. One tonight, and then we'll have another one later on Thursday. Um, all being well, which is really, really good. Um, the one tonight is all about baseball, which we'll get onto in a minute. And then the one on Thursday, my good friend Stefan Rosner, who has just started a new gig with the Hockey News, which is really exciting. He's um, going to come and talk some hockey with me. So we've got a busy week this week, podcast-wise, and so pumped to be to bring you two episodes. And today, I have to say, probably one of the biggest guests we've had on so far, Britt Giroli, who is the national senior MLB writer for The Athletic, uh, she also features on SNY a lot. Used to appear regularly on MLB Network. Uh, she is an absolute masterclass. Um, she's a master of her craft. She's she's top of her game. And when I was kind of putting the podcast together, and I kind of had like I was putting lists of possible guests I wanted on. She was very much the top of the list with in terms of baseball guests I wanted on because. She does so many appearances. She's really, really generous with her time. She's, you know, she was at the World Baseball Classic final on uh, Tuesday night, and she still managed to find fifteen, twenty minutes to jump on with me and 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 talk baseball. And and not only is she generous with her time, and she does a lot of different appearances, but she brings it every single time. And she, um, you know, she certainly made me a lot smarter during our chat. And she kind of fought back at a couple of. Mike Trout takes I had and and kind of made me see the light and that's what you want from a guest and um, I'm really really pumped to have got her on and I'm sure you'll enjoy our conversation and um, it's predominantly about the World Baseball Classic because I think those of us who were following it are still in absolute awe of what was just an incredible ending to what was an incredible tournament you know I think as as baseball fans as baseball purists you know for those of us who who watch baseball week in and week out you couldn't have asked, you know, for for a better ending, and we would we can only dream of a Shohei Otani and Mike Trout showdown, and that's what we got in the in the World Baseball Classic final. It lived up to the hype, and it's it's going to be the defining image of that tournament, and it's going to be something we remember for a long, long time to come. So that was kind of the bedrock of our our conversation with with Brit. Um, and then we we did talk some Mets, Yankees and some opening day storylines because opening day is less than a week, well, a week away now, which is uh, which is exciting. We can get some proper baseball here. So, <clears throat> yep, today's podcast is is very baseball heavy. And then, like I said, there'll be another one on Thursday um, where we'll talk a lot of Islanders hockey and general NHL talk because we're we're in the stretch run of that now the playoffs on the, on the horizon. And then in the meantime, in between listening to the two podcasts this week, if you visit blogsofsteel.substack.com, plenty going on there. Um, I've got a couple of World Baseball Classic pieces on there, a piece about New York sports enjoying a renaissance and why it's going to be an exciting couple of years. We're starting to put some features out that we wanted to. They, they just take time and uh, I'm not one to, to rush anything just to get out there. So... We're, we're rejigging the site and over the next couple of weeks you're going to see the, the the site that I've wanted to put out for a long time and a lot of there's going to be a lot of unique features just to just to us and 
features that I, I hope you get behind and enjoy. We will be switching over to some paid content. I've, I've kept most of it free as long as I can. But as I've said before, this is my full-time gig, my only gig. Uh, it's what I rely on money-wise. So your support is crucial and paid content is going to be what keeps this site alive. There is a sale at the moment. Um, it goes till next week. I might extend it, but 25% off for a year subscription. So if you if you buy a year subscription now, you get 25% off. And I know I'm biased, but you're going to get an awful lot for your money. So if you can, please support in any way, even if it's just sharing. But if, if you're a subscriber or you just pop into the site every now and then and you, you feel like you might want to be a paid subscriber, please do, because we're going to have plenty of content for you over the coming weeks and months and indeed years. And um, yeah, so without further ado, let me pass you on to our conversation with the excellent Brit Giroli of The Athletic. So absolutely delighted to be joined by a special guest on the on the show today, uh, Britt Giroli, who is the senior MLB writer for The Athletic. You can see her on SN, SNY and uh, she used to be on the MLB network as well. Britt, thank you for jumping on. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm uh, still coming down from that WBC game, I think. Um, you know, I've been covering baseball for 15 years, and that was probably one of the coolest games I've ever witnessed. So, um, still kind of coming down from that. I don't know how I'm going to go back to uh, spring training games now. Yeah, that that's the the jumping off point um, because it's been an incredible tournament, and and I know you've got some strong views on it. Uh, which we'll get into it shortly, but it just seemed that what happened last night was almost like a gift from the baseball gods in terms of how it ended. It was almost like it was destined to end that way, and we saw you know two of the best players on the planet go up against each other, and and it's an ending that's going to live on in in baseball law forever. Yeah, and I think Trout said it best, right? He said, "Well, he got me round one, so you know, hopefully, in in three years, we get a little bit of a rematch." Yeah, and and that and I. Uh, that's it. I mean, the the WBC over the last three weeks or, or whatever it's been is. I, I think every night it's just delivered unbelievable moments. Obviously, the the Trey Turner Grand Slam. Um, it's just been an incredible tournament. What what I I know you've got strong thoughts on it in terms of what it means, and and there's been a lot of detractors out there. Um, I think mainly because of the of the couple of the injuries that that have happened, but just how. Important has this tournament been to the players, and, and what is its overall legacy in your in your mind? Yeah, you know, I don't know if there's been a lot of detractors. I think just the detractors have been loud, right? Yeah. Um, I think as this tournament has gone on, I feel like more and more people, you know, maybe people who didn't care or were on the fence about it the last time around, um, slowly started to realize like these games were terrific. I think that helped things um, certainly, and I think. You know, watching the players and watching these guys like Mike Trout and Otani already commit for the next time, right? Just shows you how important these games are to them. And I think that kind of goes a long way. Like if you're a fan of the sport and your favorite players like playing in this tournament and these games are terrific, why wouldn't you watch, right? Why wouldn't you tune in and, and enjoy kind of getting to see really a super team? I mean, the, the U.S. team was by far the strongest lineup um, that they've ever had. 
it was basically an all-star team, but really an all-star of the all-stars, right? Because you're, you're not sure. dividing it into NL and, and AL. So um, I think that more and more people um, have come around to the idea of the WBC. And I think it's only going to kind of continue to springboard based on the, the wild success we saw here over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been confirmed to return in, in two years. And, and I mean, by the time we get to that point, I, I think it is going to um, be a, a destination for, for not just baseball fans, but for all sports fans, given what's transpired over the last few weeks here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's, you know, they're they're trying to really model off of the, you know, the FIFA World Cup, the mm-hmm. Rugby World Cup, and um, kind of trying to create this, international event and you know they've gotten a lot of buy-in from a lot of places and i think it's only going to continue as you mentioned to to get more popular and to be something that you know casual soccer fans get into the world cup and i think the hope is that casual baseball fans will get into the world baseball classic as you said the the minority um of the detractors their two main points were were that it was meaningless which isn't true given the reactions we've seen of the players who were there um, and who have stated they want to be in the next one, and then the injuries, um, you know, is, is crushing as it is to see players get lost for the year or go down hurt. Those injuries can happen in spring training, right. as we saw with Gavin Lux. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you said it. it. It can happen at any time, and I wrote a column in The Athletic kind of detailing that as well. So um, I don't think you can really do anything about that. What's the alternative, right, to not have the tournament? when guys are still getting hurt in spring training. So, um, you know, I don't think you can place a whole lot of stock in that. The Diaz injury was unfortunate, but it actually didn't happen on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that was really the only major injury that came out of this. So, um, honestly, it was probably better for guys to play in this than spring training, given all the injuries that have come out of that. For sure. And I want to go back to Otani and Trout quickly, because obviously we know they're the two best players on the on the planet. Um, Otani is, is, you know, seems to be on the trajectory to be the richest paid player in, in baseball when he, when he becomes a free agent next year. Um, but what, what was really fun for me during this whole tournament was seeing Mike Trout play in meaningful games because, you know, as we know, that's something that he hasn't had much of during his career, unfortunately. And, and he just seemed fully engaged and, and we saw like a different level to Mike Trout, which I thought was really, really fun to watch. And it was kind of like watching two of the best players really cement their legacies um, and elevate themselves to a new level, which I think was only good for the for growing the game too. What, what, what did you think about those two? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think guys were talking about it last night. You couldn't have scripted a better ending, right? I think everyone was hoping it was going to come down to Otani Trout. But you're telling me in a one-run game, two outs, it's going to come down to Otani Trout. I mean, I don't think um, anybody believed it. It was like one of those games where, like, what do we do to deserve this, right? This was exactly what everybody wanted, and I think it's only going to make the WBC even bigger. Um, I think a lot of guys who didn't participate are watching and saying, well, how maybe I should do this next time, right? And I think the big push now is going to be can they get the pitchers? Can they get the teams to allow the pitchers? to participate in the next WEC. That's going to kind of be, I think, the, the next big thing for all of this. But certainly, watching Trav Notani, I mean, I was just so locked in. The whole stadium was locked in. Very often, 
um, especially even in playoff and World Series games, um, you don't see a whole stadium kind of locked into every pitch like that. And it was probably one of the best moments that I'll ever see live. And and given how much that they clearly enjoyed playing on that big stage and, and playing in meaningful games, I, I think it can only be a good thing for their motivation going into the season with the Angels to, to try and drag the Angels over, over the top and, and into the playoffs. And Because, again, you want to see the best players on the biggest stage, and we've been robbed of that with, with, with Trout for a large period of time and, and Otani for, for his career in the majors. So I, I think the WBCs are going to be good for for their careers with the Angels this year too, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Angels. I actually, I don't, I don't know if really watching them on this main stage is going to be good for the Angels. I think the Angels need to be a playoff team, and yeah. they haven't been. So, you know, I think all it does is really magnify the fact that the Angels haven't been good. Um, quite honestly. Will it? Will it help? You know, obviously, we know with Otani, obviously, he's he's gonna you know he's a pending free agent and this year is going to be a lot of talk about where he might go and, and as you said the angels phase is going to be uh magnified a lot but in in terms of trout given how much he's enjoyed these last few weeks does that even does that give him more of a motivation to do whatever he can to try and help this team win in that in that respect no because these guys already do that yeah you know true. i don't think he's like oh we won here i should try harder i think that kind of questions anyway that he's not trying hard now to get the Angels to the playoffs, right? So, no, I, I disagree with that sentiment. I think, again, the only thing this does is kind of really make it, you realize how unfortunate it is that the Angels just aren't good and we don't get to see these guys on the main stage. Yeah, no, that was like my biggest takeaway in the wake of last night, just that how cool it would be to see to see Trout and Otani in particular on the big stage more often. Um, moving away from the WBC as hard, as hard as it is, obviously we're we're into the kind of last week or so of of spring training um, before the proper stuff gets started. What are you kind of looking to looking forward to from the from the last few games of spring training heading into opening day? Yeah, I think that you know a lot of people who aren't at spring training or baseball fans kind of look at the results. And I don't look at the results from stats or anything like that. Um, I said on SNY last night, kind of joking, the only thing that mattered to me was that Verlander and Scherzer are, are still breathing, right? They're still going. They're not hurt. Um, I think that's kind of the what I take into it. I know, you know, the big news, Francisco Alvarez getting sent down to AAA, but um, he's a guy who could, you know, continue to develop and join them very soon, um, as soon as maybe the, the trade deadline. So I think what you're looking at is, you know, injuries, did you keep them to a minimum? And, you know, did you see the development from the young guys? And I think from yeah. the Mets' perspective, certainly the the second question, the answer is yes. They, they did see a lot of these young guys uh, do a really nice job. So, you know, the Diaz injury is going to cast an unfortunate light uh, on the Mets spring training, but overall, um, to have Verlander and Scherzer on track, um, that's really what I look for. And same thing over at Yankees camp. You know, it's um, it's really interesting to see how their young guys have done. Um, and I think Anthony Volpe's been in camp longer than really anybody could have predicted. So um, those are kind of the things that that you really take out of spring training. The teams really take out of spring training, rather than stats or, or anything like that. I think Volpe's been a really fascinating watch, and and he's obviously got a bright future. What 
do you think he will crack the opening day roster and, and what do you make of the Yankees overall? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched him close enough. I've been in this WBC bubble, it feels like. Um, so I haven't really watched him close enough this spring lately to really say. But I think him being in camp this long just speaks to uh, um, the fact that this is a real competition and he's getting a real look. And I don't think I think people weren't really sure if that was going to be the case. And um, as far as the Yankees, I mean, they re-signed Aaron Judge. Um, and that was, you know, really the focal point of their whole offseason. And I'm curious to see, um, is it enough, right? Because they didn't win with Aaron Judge last year. Um, is there is there enough to topple the Astros, which have kind of become their Everest? So, um, you know, I think when you look at this division, um, certainly the Yankees could win the division. But um, on a global scale with the American League, when you look at, you know, can they beat Houston? Are they better than Houston? I don't know if they are. Um, it's really going to come down to probably their pitching. You know, the Rodon injury is something to monitor. They said he could be back potentially in May. Um, you know, the performance of Garrett Cole is always paramount to how this team performs. So it's going to be really fascinating to see how this all unfolds, quite honestly. One of the biggest and, and also weirdest storylines of the offseason was the whole Carlos Correa saga of the Mets, obviously. Um, in in the wake of that, the, the the lineup offensively hasn't changed a lot from from last year. They obviously brought back Brandon Nimmo. Do, in your opinion, do you think the Mets have enough offensively to be legit contenders, or or do you think they're going to be a team to watch at the trade deadline in terms of trying to add another power back to their lineup? Because that was probably one of their biggest weaknesses last year. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to compete for sure. Um, now. I think they're going to compete, and if they need to, they're going to add. I don't think Steve Cohen is the kind of owner who's going to be okay kind of standing pat if there's a clear hole. Um, but I also think, like we talked about Alvarez a little bit, I think Brett Beatty has really shown something. They also have some young guys who look good. Could they fill the holes, right? Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going to end up happening with this offense, but I think you know, the lineup has – it improved a lot last year. It was a much better, lower strikeout, much better in contact ratio, you know, batted ball, all of that went up. Um, But certainly I think they were the worst team in the national league in terms of the DH and the the pinch hitter. You know, they really didn't have anybody off the bench. And I think they're a little bit deeper there, but if it becomes a case where, you know, you look at Atlanta and you look at the Phillies, this is like a three-headed monster here in the NL East. Um, if they find themselves behind, especially offensively, I think they do go out and they get a bat in July. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lean on these younger guys uh, because they have a really good minor league system, especially at the top there right now. This is a, a very broad question, I know, but heading into opening day, what team storylines players are you most excited about outside of the Yankees and Mets? Um, yeah, I don't know. See, what I love about opening day is there are no storylines yet. You don't know who's going to be good. We can sit here and project and, um, you know, fill up time talking about what we think is going to happen, and it never works that way. So ask me in July, you know, I think yeah. um, I'm just excited to watch some baseball, and I've been watching such meaningful baseball now that um, I would just like to press fast forward and get to opening day here. Um, so we can have these games count because um, I, I think that's what's really fun is you don't know what's going to happen over 162. So I don't have any storylines. I'm, I'm watching this with a you know a clear head and an open mind. 
and final one before I let you go. How how does opening day look for you in terms of how how you know will you be at a particular game? How how will you consume opening day? Because it's still to me one of the most special days in the sporting calendars. Yeah, I'm going to. I live in between Baltimore and DC, and so DC is home. So I'll go to DC's um, the Nationals opening day, and I'll go to Baltimore of course when they come back from their road trip. So I'll get two two home openers. But um, it's a long day. It's a long day that is like you said it's unlike any other um because it's really just one game but it feels like so much more so um it's exciting it's a time for hope um you know every fan base starts undefeated everyone starts zero zero so um it's a really cool moment and i think a lot of a lot of people have a lot of opening day traditions but um for me it kind of becomes go time right it's you know from now until the end of october um you know, we're in season and it, it's kind of pedal to the metal. So it's exciting. I think the World Baseball Classic only kind of enhanced that excitement yeah. for me. Um, you know, I feel like I've been covering the playoffs already and now we're getting right into the season. There was no off season, it feels like. Uh, so it, it's pretty cool. Um, I can't wait to see with the new rules and everything um, how this all shakes out. Yeah, um, so that was... All- what I was going to ask as well, the new rules, obviously, there's been some minor changes to the pitch clock today. How have you kind of seen those rule changes? Because we've seen them being taught less and less the longer we've gone on, which was always going to be the case. But how have they improved or, or impacted the game, in your opinion, having seen a lot of uh, a lot of stuff? Yeah, I actually haven't seen much of it because I've been at the WBC where they played by the old rules. So um, I'm just as excited as anyone to see how this this plays out in in real time here. I think they're not afraid to make adjustments, and um, you know they could make some minor tweaks during the season too. But um, I'm excited, most excited to watch the bases and the stolen bases. I think it's a such a fun part that's been missing from the game. So uh, I know all the attention's on the pitch clock, but for me, um, I want to see a guy steal 50 bases, you know, 60 bases. I want to see that happen again, and I think we have a chance to. Yeah, I think Trey Turner in Philadelphia is going to be entertaining to watch, especially um, with those rule changes. I think they're they're suited to him to uh, succeed for sure. Um, I will thank you for for popping on. I really appreciate it. I know I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. Here's to the um, countdown to opening day. Um, enjoy it, and I'm I'm sure we'll we'll talk later on in the season. But thank you again for popping on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks. Take care.